HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a full-service marketing and commerce platform that helps restaurants get discovered, make more money, and engage their diners. Join over 8,000 restaurants already using Bento Box today to deliver better hospitality. Visit getbento.com slash HRN today to get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash HRN. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that's him. It's gonna get you Welcome back to The Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. I'm Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Guys. We're back in the virtual studio once again. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you know what's cool, though? Uh, Something that didn't happen virtually. Last week, we had the very, very... Loquacious? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Philip Duff in the studio. And uh, last night, I got to actually have dinner with him in person, not remotely. Um at a great place in Marin County called the Buckeye Roadhouse. And uh, it was it was awesome hanging out with, with Philip and Elaine and just chatting away. Uh, I got to meet my fiance Jamie. Uh, we had a great meal, uh, some cocktails, and just general revelry. It felt, it, you know, they're here in town for the uh, the San Francisco Spirits competition and their judges. And, uh, yeah, it was great. They got to break away, and we got to have a nice time. And, um yeah, it's just like one of those things. It's one step closer to a, a normal, uh, you know, social, a normal reality. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah, right. It's weird when you do that, and you're just like, did it all? It always used to be, and we used to just do this, and it was just normal, and we didn't think about it, and we weren't like, whoa, you're like, I can reach out and touch you if I want to, and that wasn't like a strange experience. Man. Right. It wasn't news to have dinner with a friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At a restaurant. Didn't have to use the like speakeasy breaking news banner every time we saw one of our guests in person. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was great. Uh, you know, it was it was good for me personally because I mean, well, you know, because I've known them for so long, but uh, it also just really felt like it wasn't just like getting to see like a local friend, someone from the other side of the country uh, that was here mm-hmm. visiting and actually just casually getting together and you know they they had taken an uber and they're like we didn't even we 
they didn't require us to wear masks and like wow. they were just like this is really weird <laughs> it's funny yeah, that, that hasn't been dropped in new york yet i don't know how long you dropped it in california yeah. but in, still if you're on the public transportation or in an uber or a cab uh it's still required yeah but yeah i mean like their point is that uh it was great to you know not only get to hang out with them but was so soon after having Philip right. on the show you know it just it's like almost like i was still living in new york in a way <laughs> <laughs> did he bring you some robertas he did not that's ah. next time that would be icing, icing on the cake. Well, you know, you get those things frozen now. You, got, you can get, get the frozen reverse pizza. Yeah. And they're good. A friend of mine had, Todd, my best friend Todd. My best friend Todd <laughs> had one. Uh, it was great. Nice. Greg, you did some traveling yourself, though. I sure did, man. I went to uh, Cleveland, Ohio. This was Cleveland rocks. Yeah, man. Well, this was this was take two for me of trying uh, to hit some bars in Cleveland because I was there for less than 24 hours last summer. And Souther, I know you and Damon are both big, big fans of the bar scene in Cleveland. So I was like, yeah. super stoked yeah. to try it. I had like a long, it was like nine places long. I was like, well, how am I ever going to get to all of these cocktail bars and all of these delicious places? Like there's no way, man, how am I ever going to winnow this list down? And I remember very distinctly like passing over into like, Cleveland official, like you can see the skyline and the guy in the backseat of the car that I was road tripping with looks and just goes, Hey Greg, you know, every single place on this list that you have is closed on Sundays, right? Oh man. (laughs) I didn't know that that was a, apparently that's like a big Cleveland thing is that places just aren't open on Sundays, which I, you know, even even pre pandemic, that's true actually. Yeah. And I was, that's what, that's what we were trying to figure out. We were like, is this like, we did go to one spot, went to the spotted owl and they treated us like absolute royalty. Those guys are badasses through, but we asked them, we're like, is this like a pandemic thing? Or is it like a blue law thing? And one of them was like, nah, that's just Ohio, man. That's just, that's just how this state rolls. But I went back on a Friday this time and checked out, uh, our good friend, Stefan Wass at, uh, Porco Lounge. And then also went to a uh, a Viking heavy metal bar that came highly recommended called LBM. LBM. So yeah. fucking badass. Um, so great, great time, great cocktails, great vibe. Uh, got to hang out with Stefan a little bit. And such a sweetheart, that guy. Oh, such a such a sweet dude. Yeah, showed me showed me around a, a new a new project that he's working on. And uh, since it was kind of like an old renovation, and this is a few shots of Fernet in as is the Porco Lounge way. Yes, I found is. this old like Pepsi can that looked like it was from the nineteen seventies, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I was like, "This is cool. Can I keep this?" He was like, "Sure." So I just you know stuck it in my jacket pocket. The next day, I'm like running out to coffee a little worse for the wear and I'm putting on my same jacket and I was like, what the heck is this, this weird blob <laughs> that's in here. And it took me a second in the elevator of staring at it. I was like, why do I have this? Did I travel through time? And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Uh, if you'd have told me that's how my Friday night ended up, I'd have been like that, you know, it, it, it seems within the realm of possibility. Well, that's amazing. Uh, and yeah, the project you looked at is a project that um, Stefan and I have been, tinkering around with since well before the pandemic of course the pandemic put it on ice but things are back in motion again so hopefully i'll be doing some things in cleveland with uh with stefan and the porco team do it man i'll come out and visit you on a friday not a sunday this time (laughs) (laughs) listen man they take their sundays pretty you know sacred it's it's time off for for industry um i think it's i don't know it's not the worst idea no, I, t- I totally get it. I was just, I was just really thrown. I was thrown for a loop and I, I felt silly because I was in charge of looking up spots for Cleveland and Cincinnati. We were in Cincinnati the next day. And I, you know, because it was a Monday, I was fastidious about making sure all the spots we wanted to go 
on, you know, when we were in Cincy were open. But for Cleveland, I was just like, it's the weekend. Uh, just, you know, throw darts at the board. You can't miss. But, I well, life moves at a slower pace out there, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of slower paces. Oh, uh, yes. Let's get on island time. Let's Who's do it, in man. the virtual studio with us today, Greg? Alejandro Russo is in the virtual studio with us from Candela Mama Juana. Alejandro, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, fella. So happy to be here virtually. Yeah. 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 Happy to have you here virtually, man. Yeah. Next time we got to meet in the DR, right? I, you said it. Island time. And we, we, we have to meet and, and do this interview down there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so about, I would say about 12, 13 years ago, my friend Adam Colesar, we call him Tiki Adam in the biz. He is uh, a big tiki and rum uh, enthusiast. And I was over at his house. Uh, you guys, Southern Tiki and Greg Benson, you guys have been over at his place, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen the his, Airstream. With the Airstream bar. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the coolest home bar ever. Anyway, um, we're hanging out there and his friend John, they're, they're talking about Mama Juana. I'm like, what the hell is that? And so he had a small bottle that he gave to me and... I, I fell in love with it, and I was like, "What? Like, what? What is this?" So I had to start doing some research. Uh, there's, there's some, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of information you could find on the internet too much uh, about it. But uh, I, I, I went on a quest, and first thing I found was an empty bottle, <laughs> basically <laughs> uh, empty of liquid, but it had some tree bark and some, some herbs and and botanicals in it, and uh, you're supposed to fill it up with your own rum and I think wine and honey and things like that. Uh, so it's cool to me to see that in my lifetime, <laughs> yeah, this, this has gotten to a point where there's actually a bottle of it ready to drink. So tell yeah. us, tell us about Mama Juana uh, for like those who don't know what it is, uh, which I am assuming is most. I, yeah. I would say most people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most. <laughs> and believe me, I was one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue what Mama Juana was when I found it. Uh, and it changed my life, literally. I mean, that's what I do for a living. But yeah. <laughs> I, I had never even heard of it before. And it was just part of a great experience that I had in the Dominican Republic. You know, the, the Dominican Republic, Punta Cana, uh, these are places that are visited by millions of people every year. They're beautiful. They're very popular places. And... Punta, Punta Cana, people would say that the official drink of Punta Cana is Mama Juana. But I had never heard of it until I actually went there and tried it myself. Um, so I was so blown away by my experience that I felt like, you know what, everybody needs to know about this. And to somebody who's never even heard the word like me, uh, what Mama Juana is, it's just the... Dominican Republic's native drink. That's the first thing that I tell everybody. What is it? It's the DR, the, the, the native drink that they make, it's called Mama Juana. And it's an all-natural spiced rum, if you will. It's usually rum is the base, and it's infused with all these tree barks and sticks and spices, and uh, which collectively are known as the Mama Juana spices. Um, some recipes add wine to it. Some recipes add honey to it. Uh, as we spoke earlier, there's no standardized recipe of how you make it. Every family... Uh, makes their own and you know people everybody says that their their, their grandpa their grandma makes the best mama Juana, yeah, right it's like <laughs> it's like, like Rezal oh, yeah. or like Amaro there's no like real like standardized recipe for it it's just exactly you know, it's, yeah 
Sure, or even exactly. just even to stay within the category, I think it's it's right in line with like Sorrel from from uh, from the Caribbean yes. as well, right? It's very similar, and you know what? I, I feel like every island uh, in the Caribbean has their own version of Mama Juana, uh, because or, or originally Mama Juana was actually attributed to the Taino people. You know, they they were the natives that they inhabited all of the Caribbean, all the way from you know north the north of Colombia to even. Uh, as high up as uh, South Florida and everything in between. So the the natives of the Dominican Republic, of Puerto Rico, Cuba, th- these were the Taino people. And Mama Juana is a very Taino thing. So any island of the Caribbean, they'll have their own variation. Uh, some places w- will put, you know, wine, others won't. Some will put a few more sticks than others or different types of ingredients. But overall, it's a pretty similar thing. Right, and the Tainos were definitely using this as sort of medicine, right? This was this was a, a, a cure-all or an elixir, uh, again, yes. sort of like um, collective subconscious all over the world we were doing this. We, were, right. we all started by mixing these these herbs and, and barks that we chewed on maybe into water and making a tea, and then when we learned how to ferment, we added them to wine so they have better shelf stability. Then when we learned how to distill, we added them to distillate so they could even have greater shelf stability so we could travel further from you know home base and, and see the world or whatever. So, right, these, exactly. this, was, this was medicine. This started as medicine, um, and my hope is just like Coca-Cola, it started as medicine, but it becomes popular enough so that people enjoy it without being sick, right? <laughs> I like this because and, it, uh, it, to me, it tastes like th- this version, um, the, the one that, uh, that Adam and John gave me, uh, that, of course, they've homemade, they, they went with like crazy overproof rum, <laughs> as one does. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it had a lot more spice to it. This one, I, so... I don't do caffeine, so I don't drink like Coca-Cola, but what I do drink is root beer and sarsaparilla. And this one has like a birch beer mm. sarsaparilla kind of vibe to it, which I'm a huge fan of already. Uh, oh, you've already yeah. cracked into yours? Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm quite mine open then. Yeah, get into it. Man. <laughs> Thank you. Glad you like it. And yeah, th- that's that's what it is. And, and some people go like full, full medicinal on their mama juana. They use overproof rum. They... They let it soak for months, and it's it's literally this this syrup that that you drink, and you know it has all these uh, support supposed uh, health benefits. Other people just drink it for the fun. Doesn't it also have? Uh, don't they call it uh, like liquid Viagra? <laughs> I can tell where you're going. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can tell with all the with all the like. Uh, so how do I, how do I phrase this? the childish um, giggling? <laughs> exactly. Okay, but but is it though? Yes. So to answer your question, and you can see on our bottle, we can't confirm nor deny any of the rumors about Mama. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the official answer uh, that we give as a brand. Yeah. But I'll tell you a story. It, it was pretty funny how I discovered this in the DR. So I found this. I, I, I'm not even Dominican. So I'm, I'm, I'm from Chile. I'm a Chilean guy that was visiting the DR as a tourist. Okay. So I was in Punta Cana having fun. I was in the swim-up bar at the resort that I was staying. And I don't know. Candela was, I'd say, a drunken epiphany after a wild day in the DR. (laughs) (laughs) Because we were all having fun. I was part of this big group of friends that we had made at the swim-up bar. And they were all drinking shots of this stuff. And I said, okay, what is this? And they gave me a shot. And I'm not, I'm not usually like a shots kind of guy. I always like to drink stuff neat or, or uh, in cocktails. But I had a shot of this and it blew me away. I never tasted anything like that. I really liked it. 
And then, you know, as the, you know, shot after shot, the day got pretty wild. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not able to share uh, to, the entire story. You uh, had to wrap that beach that. towel around your, your, your lower half. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, my, my lower half was underwater, so you could barely tell anything. <laughs> but let's just say that the day got pretty wild. And then the next day, uh, I went back to the bartender that was our bartender at the bar. Uh, his name was Dionis, this super cool Dominican guy, as smooth as it gets. You know, the guy danced bachata like the gods. He was like, <laughs> he was the real deal. And to total womanizer, by the way. Uh, you know, all the, all the girls at the resort would go crazy for this guy. And I said, Dionis, what the hell did you give me yesterday? It was so good. And he goes, ah, the Mama Juana. And from under the bar, he pulls up this, you know, big, big jug full of sticks and I said, what, what is that? And he starts like making, like, like flexing his arm, his bicep. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing? And he goes, yeah, you never heard of the bed breaker, the baby maker? I said, <laughs> well, I saw on, online, it's called El Paro Palo, which means lift, lift the stick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I said, I don't know what you're talking about, man, but I, I, I love, I, I love the shot that you gave me. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much what, what people know it for. Well, it's good enough for me. Yeah, yeah get in there. This has been a great last episode of the Speakeasy. We're, <laughs> we're getting canceled for this one. Um. Uh, no, it, uh, so I just got a sip myself, and I agree with Damon right away. First off, aroma really comes out as a lot of like sort of sarsaparilla notes, like very root beery, and then on the palate as well. It, like it makes me want to honestly just drink it with seltzer and make it almost into like a you know slightly that, boozy. Yeah, that's what I did boozy. last night. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's what we call the Dominican spritz. It's uh, <laughs> equal parts candela, equal parts soda, uh, slice of orange, and you got yourself a Dominican spritz. Yeah, nice, pretty delightful. Um, now, are there other? Um, so I know uh, just from doing some very light looking around on the internet that there are two ways to buy this stuff. Way one is to buy it as a bottle of liquid that's made already. But I think what's even probably more popular in the DR is to buy these kits. It's a bottle that comes already stuffed full of all the botanicals to which then the home user adds their own amounts of honey, red wine, and and whatever rum they prefer, hopefully a Dominican rum. And then you let exactly. it steep for a while. Saw a couple of different recipes that say let it steep for two weeks. Saw some that said as many as six months. And then to strain it off, and many of them said to then go back in with just rum uh, and let it, let that steep for a week, and then fold those two liquids together to to create your house of mamawana. Exactly. So the, the, you're right on. That's exactly how it goes. And what we did is that we have we we, we decided okay, should we make this like very strong and medicinal in its flavor profile, or should we make it uh, maybe like a cordial and then. We decided after testing literally hundreds of recipes that the sweet spot was so, just so making important. this uh, a, a great and all-natural spiced rum. And, and we just focused on the rum part of it. And we, we don't have any wine in it. It's, it's just rum, spices, and honey. So we, we really spent a lot of time making sure that the rum that we were using was the best rum that we could find in the Dominican Republic. And that's where we, we take great pride in is that... The rum that we use, it's, you know, distilled from fresh pressed sugarcane juice and it's all estate grown in the DR. And it's as I, I like to say it's as farm to bottle as it gets, because 
you, I, I've driven by these, this place where the sugarcane grows, and you can see that in the same place that they harvest the sugarcane, they truck it right over to the distillery. It's distilled right on the same place where it's harvested. So, you know, a lot of the mass market rums, they, you know, they're made from molasses. They source their molasses from all over the world. And you have no clue, what, you know, how it's made or where it comes from or the sourcing of it. So we're the total opposite. We know exactly where the sugarcane grows, the same place that it's harvested, it's pressed into pure cane juice, and then that is distilled. Uh, and then candela specifically is aged in ex uh, bourbon casks, which gives it a very uh, a very distinct flavor. And we have no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no additives, nothing nothing weird. It's just rum the natural spices and honey. That's it. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Where are you sourcing that honey from? Everything that goes into Candela, the rum, the spices and the honey, they're all sourced locally in the Dominican Republic. Nice. That, that, that's, that's nice. That closes that gap makes it a nice tight circle. That's good. Yeah. It was very important to us to keep it as locally sourced as possible. Well, that also like, uh, frankly, it's, it's smart. It's savvy business, right? It cuts down on cost as well. Yeah, and once you're in the DR, you realize that they produce, you know, the, the quality of the stuff that they produce, whether it's tobacco, chocolate, coffee, uh, rum, it's just anything that's naturally grown there uh, because of the soil, because of the climate, it's just incredible quality. I, um, I, I, I was just in, in my favorite beach in the DR uh, last week. It's a place called Las Terrenas on the North Coast. And... You order a pina colada there, okay? The guy literally <laughs> goes up the palm tree with a machete and, and cuts down a coconut. Fuck yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they grab a pineapple that was harvested that morning. They put it all in a blender with some brugal, and that's your pina colada. Like, it's as fresh as it gets. Amazing. You also, you also just made me want a cigar real bad. Oh yeah. Well, and and a pina colada. Well, <laughs> but now I, now I will demand nothing less than seeing it, seeing the coconut hatcheted from the tree, just before going yeah. into the blender. You know, there, there's an argument to be made with certain certain cocktails, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, say like a Bloody Mary, right? Like a Bloody Mary should be it should be aged, right? Your Bloody Mary mix needs to like sit in and you know steep the horseradish needs to steep into it. If you make a Bloody Mary on the fly, like right in front of a you know customer, it's like cool show, but it's not going to be as good as one sit around. That's the complete opposite of what we're talking about here. You know, like climbing up a tree to get a coconut to make a cocktail for you. That's a, that. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it really, it really does taste different. I mean, and obviously, yeah. it doesn't hurt that you're sitting in front of the most beautiful beach ever, and <laughs> the warm breeze and the music in the background. It's all part of the experience, but. Uh, they just do things so so well. They're so natural that it's it's awesome. I mean, and any time that 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 you want something, they usually just source it from the most natural source that they can. Uh, and it, it was a funny story. So we we were laying with my wife uh, on on one of the beach loungers there, and we <laughs> there's this lady that has all these coconuts that she got you know that morning, and they cut it, they put a straw in it, and you have coconut water. Mm-hmm. So we were saying, wow, this is amazing. It's so good. It's so natural. And then right as we were saying that, this huge coconut fell off of the palm tree right next to us. Oh, my God. <laughs> could, have, 
could have smashed us in the head. <laughs> but thankfully, you know, they they, they let they, they usually like all the ones that are mature enough, like they they will uh, cut down in time. But this one, I guess that they missed, and it just boom smacks the ground, smashes the ground so hard that hey man, you gotta be careful. It's worth the risk. You know, <laughs> there there are things in life that are worth the risk. This is one of them. Exactly, exactly. It, it adds a little bit of risk, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, uh, you know, you, if you want to get rewarded, you have to take risks. That's right. Exactly. Uh, well, speaking of taking risks, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors. Uh, we're going to come back and keep talking about uh, Candela Mamawana from Dominican Republic. Stay tuned. Guys, one of my favorite things about drinks and cocktails is food pairings. You can't have enough food to go with your drinks luckily we have a uh one of our co-hosts here souther was a chef before he was a mixologist and he does a thing called two weeks notice uh you just did one recently right i did yeah um we what we do is we create drinks that are kind of out of the norm for our bar uh, a chance for us to stretch our wings and do you know like, things that we don't like typically with do with Mori Yeah, like <laughs> shake a drink. That's simple as that. Or or, <laughs> use a, or use a rotary evaporator or a hot poker. You know all the things that we don't ever get to do. And our audience gets excited to see us do that. But what we do is we reverse engineer the thing. We make the drinks first, and then I taste them and go in the kitchen and create snacks to go with those drinks. Um, it's you know what it really comes down to. It's all about balancing flavors with spirits, especially. It's a little bit more difficult than than doing it with wine or beer, I think, um, and especially. Uh, when you're dealing with the you know the delicious spirits that we use all the time at the bars so you know it's it's a great i've been doing it for years but you know what now there's resources out there um that that anyone can get a hold of absolutely those resources are diageobaracademy.com uh they've got i mean in addition to this really great uh course on spirits and food pairings that we've been talking about uh i mean they've got they've got courses for everybody you know whatever your level of expertise is whether you're you know just started and want to kind of like get the basics under your feet or whether you've been doing this for 10 years there's something for you and the, the thing i like about it is there's always something new to learn on there you know yeah and they also have courses on how to teach courses <laughs> yeah yeah meta barrel aged barrels <laughs> yeah they yeah. really go deep uh, and the great part about it is as greg mentioned it's free it's 100 percent free this is it's totally a, free this is a t- 10 year a, a de- over a decade of, of amassed information videos print um all kinds of things the newsletter that comes out each week to tell you what's kind of trending and what's going on and what classes are uh, now available um and, and again on demand as well as long as you've got a computer and, and 30 minutes you can sit down and do any of these courses uh, i can't uh, stress enough what a valuable tool and resource this is to anybody in our business and frankly even anybody listening to the show uh, you know it's not it's there's no firewall or gate that says you, you can't go on there even if you're not a bartender or in this field if you're just interested all of this body of knowledge is there for you to grab for free and that's at diageobaracademy.com that's d-i-a-g-e-o baracademy.com go check it out This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a restaurant marketing and commerce platform that helps you get discovered, make more money, and engage your diners so you can deliver great hospitality both in person and online. In the heart of Williamsburg, Brooklyn, Lilia combines wood-fired seafood, handcrafted pasta, classic Italian cocktails, and warm hospitality. Since 2016, it's been celebrated as a neighborhood gathering place, bringing the best of Italy to New York City. 
Lilia is one of over 8,000 restaurants that leverages BentoBox to power their digital front door, including their website, gift cards, event management, and more. Visit getbento.com slash HRN today to learn more and get your first month free. That's getbento.com slash HRN. And we are back. You are listening to The Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. We're talking with Alejandro Russo of Candela Mama Juana. We were trying a little bit earlier and uh, just waiting for the rowdy effects to kick in. But while we do that, uh, talk to us a little about the um, I'm your history. I'm thoroughly aroused, guys. Yeah, my, <laughs> my stick is lifted. <laughs> <laughs> Even more than on an average speakeasy. Hey, Phil. I'm glad we're doing this virtually then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, almost a spit take Um, i'll send you some pics don't worry (laughs) that'll be the the featured image for this episode it'll be a collage stick pic um i'll send you a photo i'll send you a photo of the dr let's do that (laughs) and we're canceled uh (laughs) anyway it's been a great show guys thank you so much for nice run (laughs) No, we were uh, wanting to talk to you about your, your sort of entrepreneurial spirit that got you into this, because this isn't your first foray into the world of business, is it? It is not. Uh, yeah, it isn't my first rodeo. I, I've i always wanted to, you know, do things. I've always been very entrepreneurial, you know, ever since I was a kid. I was a typical kid, you know, selling candy, uh, you know, trying to make a buck here and there, however, however you could. Uh, and... My background's actually in, in startups. So before doing Candela, I, I had a couple of consumer internet startups, and I've always always tried to you know own my own business. Some of them have been very successful, some of them complete failures, and everything in between. Uh, but I've always tried to be independent. So when I had the idea of Candela, I. I I kind of had this epiphany when I was in the DR and I tried Mama Juana for the first time, right? And then when when the trip was over, I went back to my favorite bartender, Dionis, and I said, hey, Dionis, I want to buy a bottle of this stuff. And he goes, all right, so meet me at six o'clock behind the bar. So I said, okay. <laughs> I go <laughs> behind the bar. At six o'clock, you know, I, I had my suitcase ready to go, ready to leave to the airport. And he opens up his backpack and he brings out this bag full of sticks inside. And I said, what What the hell is this? And he goes, yeah, this is the Mama Juana. You, you want to buy some Mama Juana? And I go, no, no, Dionis, you misunderstood me. I don't want drugs. I want the, the, the booze you gave me <laughs> that you've been giving me this whole time. And he goes, yeah, this is it. You just have to add some rum, some honey. You wait a couple months and that's it. And that's, that's where it hit me. That's where I had the epiphany. And I said, wait, you're telling me that millions of people are drinking this stuff every year. And this is how you have to make it. There's no brand that you can just buy like at the duty free. And he goes, no, this is, this is it. And I said, okay, you know what? Like I need to do something about this. And I don't come from a big liquor family. I don't come from, you know, I have no industry experience. <laughs> but I said, you know what? There's definitely an opportunity here. If I find, you know, a thousand or hopefully uh, one million people that are like me that really enjoyed this, uh, I'm sure we can create a business. So I started doing a little research and yeah, I realized that it was actually a really big opportunity. Um, 
so I, I remember I was telling my mom about it. Uh, me and my mom were very close. Uh, she's, she's a very successful businesswoman herself. And I was telling her about this and she goes, you know what? Don't find any other investor. I want to go into business with you. Let's do this. And I said, are you sure? Like, this has nothing to do with what you do. Cause she's a real estate investor. <laughs> and she goes, look, I was in the DR. I saw how everybody was hooked on this stuff. I never heard of it either, but <laughs> I'm sure that if we find more people that can try this and, and get hooked on it, you know, it'll be a successful business. So just then and there, we, we, we literally shook on it. We said, all right, let's, let's go into business. And that's how it started. And how long ago was this? This is relatively new product still, right? Yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't that long ago. I, I think it was like late 2015. But then, you know, starting a, any type of business is hard, but especially hard when you're starting a liquor business because that's when the reality hit me, right? I got into this super naive thinking, all right, you know, I was used to the software world where you make a website and then it's live and maybe it'll take like a couple of weeks. And then I started realizing all the compliance, all the regulatory, all the legal aspects of starting a liquor liquor brand. And it was daunting. It It was daunting. And there was so much navigating that we had to do. Uh, so we spent the first two years just refining formula, getting the paperwork, the TTB approvals, the MSP approvals in the DR, uh, you know, the FDA compliant, uh, ingredient list, like everything that you need to do in order to, you know, properly do this. So we actually started, you know, selling this, uh, in late 2018, uh, in 2019 in the Dominican Republic. So it is a very new product. I feel like I, there there are so many stories that we've heard on this show like that of people being like, yeah, like I started this business and I was like, this is going to be great. And then I had to go through all the approvals and whatnot. I'm starting to get the oh, sense yeah. that if anyone knew what went into starting a liquor business, no one would ever start a liquor business. Oh, no one would. <laughs> I, thankfully, I was naive enough. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, that's why I say thankfully, because if I did, I, I would not have done this. Just got hit on the head with a coconut one day and was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> this is a great idea. Exactly. Exactly. You know, fresh coconut water sounds great until you get hit in the head with a coconut. Yeah. It's like that thing where like, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I'm just going to kind of like retire and like open up a restaurant in upstate New York or whatever. And it's like, you think that's going to be your retirement plan? You're yeah, going to work harder than you've ever worked. <laughs> that's not retirement. You're doing exactly. this wrong. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, you know, that that's how it started. But thankfully, you know, it made me be part of, I, 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 I've been part of the entire journey. So, you know, the, the first product that we imported, uh, I was at the actual port looking at the container being unloaded because I had never done it before. So I didn't know how it worked. So I actually went to the port. I saw the ship. I saw the container and I waited for it to be unloaded. I talked to all the customs people. I got on the truck with the driver, you know, all the way to the warehouse then, you know, from doing all the tastings myself. So it's been, it's been a, a, a very, uh, very wild process learning about the industry. But I feel like you have to do it yourself in order to learn, right? It's like, if you want to, let's say you want to start a bar, I feel like you need, to, you need to bartend yourself. You need to wait tables yourself. You need to host yourself. Because once you do all these things, if you've never done them before, that's the only way that you actually understand what the customer's looking for, what does the customer vibe yeah. with, what things Very they like, what they don't like. You, you have to do yeah. it like that. 
yeah, I mean, that's the, the only way to really, I mean, you know, there's a lot of aspects in this industry that you know, a lot of pieces that you, you know, most of it, honestly, um, there's no, there's no like class for it. You know, there's no college course or degree for it. You know, it's something you have to learn on the job. School of hard knocks. Unless yeah. you go to DiageoBarAcademy.com. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Three resources for all things uh, spirits and business related. Um, but yeah, it's it's something you de- definitely have to like be extremely involved in, you know, to to understand all the the nuts and bolts and working uh, the ins and outs of it, you know. But but it was funny how we tested this because you know I, I didn't have a lot of experience in in the industry. So what I did, I said, look, I'm not, I don't know how this stuff is made. I don't know much about rum or distilling or anything like that. But I know that as a consumer, I really enjoyed this. So I just need to make sure if there, if it's actually just me or if there's, you know, other people that really like this. So thankfully I was living in Chile back then and, 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 and Chile is very peculiar as a market because all of the on-premise sales are Pisco. Pisco is the national drink there. Mm-hmm. And like even vodka has a hard time moving there. Right? It's, it's a tough market. Wow. Yeah. And if, if you go to a bar, You'll see. It's like I, I literally think it's like ninety percent of the drinks sold are piscola, which is pisco and coke, or pisco sour, um, and and just you know the other ten percent is everything else. So what I did is I a buddy of mine he had this company where they did college parties. So they 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 would you know take let's say a thousand college kids over to a weekend at the beach and they would have these retreats. So I said, hey, uh, Juan, you know what? I'm trying this new product and I just want to know if people like it. So can you do me a favor? Uh, don't, don't buy any tequila. Don't buy any Jaeger this weekend. Can you just buy uh, Mama Juana instead? And he said, yeah, sure. Um, and he came back to me the next week and he said, hey, it was a hit. Uh, I'll take five cases. Then I gave him five cases the next week. Then he came back and said, you know what? They, we just blew past these five cases. Then he says, how, how much do you have? And I had imported 225 cases as, a, as an initial test batch. And can you believe that this guy bought the entire 225 oh case batch? Um, and I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. So I actually went myself to one of these college retreats uh, and to, to see what was going on. And it was when you think of like a scientific, like the, the, the scientific method, right? The experiment, <laughs> it was as precise as it gets because this was an open bar environment uh, full of college kids. So you don't have to buy anything, right? So it, it was equally as likely if you want to buy Pisco or if you want to drink beer or if you want to drink vodka, it didn't matter, you know, what the brand was, what the, the POS, what anything was. It was just Whatever I like the taste of, that's what I'm going to drink the most of. And I just saw that people, they totally ditched their Cuervos and their Jaegers, and they were just drinking Mama Juana. And I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. And that's when I said, you know what? I actually need to turn this into a real business. And that's when I moved to Miami to actually start this company here. Wow. Well, I, for one, am shocked that alcohol that makes you horny was a hit with college students. I can. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do they need it for? <laughs> color, color me stunned. But I, get, I, I, I sort of want to know because, you know, was it – did you just kind of use that same business model of like kind of like 
integrating it into parties? Like, you know, did you go to like spring break in Panama city and just be like, here, try this. Or sort of like, how did you graph the success from Chile onto the American market and what's kind of been the, the reception and the strategy there? Yeah, that's a great question because that's how I started this. I, I said, you know what, it's going to be like the new Jaeger or fireball, but you know, like more natural or whatever. Um, but then I realized that the quality of the rum that we were putting into this, it was a, you know, $30, $40 rum that we were using as the base. And I, I realized that we, we just couldn't sell this product cheap because it was such a high quality product. Um, so we shifted strategy and we said, you know what, we just need to target rum drinkers and spiced rum drinkers and offer them a, a better Captain Morgan, a better Sailor Jerry. Uh, with no artificial colors, with no artificial flavors, all naturally made, you know, distilled from fresh sugarcane juice. And that's what we've done. So we're not targeting any college kids at all. So we're not in, you know, Panama City Beach or Daytona Beach. Wait, uh, way to ring my parties. hometown, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, those are great markets. But but we realized, like, unfortunately, no. we, we, we can't sell this cheap uh, because we don't want to make it cheap either. You know, the, the, there is a lot of quality that goes into this. Um, and, and we need to tell the story right. Uh, we don't want to, you know, make the same mistake, you know, that the first tequilas made, that they were just perceived as horrible quality. We want to be more of like the post Patron days, right? When people said like, wow, like I can actually make cocktails with this. Uh, and then, you know, all the wonderful tequilas that, that have come into the market after that. So that, that's a decision that we made strategically. And, and, and I'm glad that we have because we have so many loyal rum drinkers spiced rum drinkers that even whiskey drinkers that just appreciate the the flavor profile of this and you know we're we're more of a you know high quality restaurant and bar type of product than than a cheap college party type of product yeah man and i love that i love that you're you're kind of riding that wave of spiced rum becoming not just this you know like even like five years ago anytime i'd see spiced rum i'd be like that's not a liquor that's a cordial you know but there right. has been you know, people actually, I love when people take something that's considered very lowbrow and I'm like, you know what? I bet there's something beautiful and wonderful here if someone just put in the effort to take it seriously. And I think that that's super cool that we're kind of getting to that point where it's like, yeah, you know, there's, this is a serious product worthy of serious consideration, but you know, it's also fun. Have it at the beach, have it at, have it at spring break with Souther. Cause we know he lives for <laughs> spring break down in Panama city. Do what you want. And that's what it's all about, you know, Mama Hue. Intrinsically, it's a product to be enjoyed by the water, by the sun, having fun. It's a social drink. It's a drink meant to be uh, uh, consumed with friends while you're celebrating. That's that's what it's for. So, and 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 you, you make a good point because I I looked at the market and I realized, you know, there are such good tequila brands out there, such good gin brands, bourbon and whiskey. Let's not even talk about that. They're fantastic brands. But then you look at Spice Drum, and we're still stuck in the 90s and early 2000s. And, you know, I, I, I figured that there had to be some space for a brand that wasn't about, you know, pirates and sea creatures. Uh, you know, the, the modern consumer <laughs> right. is looking for, for what's been happening with tequila, right? Like tequila shied away from like the cheap Mexican warm drink of the 80s. And, and now, you know, the obviously you have Casamigos and, and company and all these, you know, wonderful new brands that have entered the market. And I, I always thought that spiced rum being one of the highest volume drinks in the States, there needed to be modern brands that actually 
engaged with and communicated with a consumer in a different way. You know, it's more about the quality, more about the ingredients. And that's what we're all about. Yeah, I think it's a shift from, from Disneyland to Hollywood, right? <laughs> less, like you said, less cracking, you know, <laughs> less, less uh, pirates, uh, you know, with their foot up on a barrel and more like, you know, I don't know, your, your label looks kind of somewhat, you know, art deco. It looks more Hollywood, you know? Yeah. We wanted to evoke kind of like the golden era of the Caribbean, you know, the, the Pan Am era of, of you know, Caribbean exploration. And, and that's what it's about. And I, I feel like the modern consumer, whether it's your, your soap or your yogurt or any type of thing that you buy, really, like people are looking at the label more than ever before. People are turning the label over. They want to know the ingredients. They want to know how it's made. They want to know the process behind it. and I, I feel like we need to be that brand that actually says, yes, like you can trust that every single ingredient that goes into this is as clean as possible, as natural as possible. Um, and we, we don't even communicate it enough. I mean, we're actually redesigning the pack and more of that is going to go into the story because like, it doesn't even say in the label that this is source. Uh, it, it's made with hundred percent renewable energy, for example. That's not even in the label. And that's true. That's awesome. Uh, and, you know, the, there's a lot of social aspects to this, a lot of environmental aspects to this. But, you know, overall, the, the strategy guiding Candela is that we just want to be a brand, a better for you brand for rum and for spiced rum. It's just more natural and it's just better. And it's better with the environment as well, better with your community. Uh, you know, we believe that we need to leave the house cleaner than what we found it. Uh, and that's the guiding principle behind Candel. You know, I, I was just thinking about uh, something that we should be doing with this. Um, we should be making cocktails not only for like, okay, so it's it's like <laughs> hot hot boy summer coming up, man. We need to like we need to do <laughs> and like you know, I, I'm just saying like. You know, Souther's the only person I know in, in New York City who wears, like, dude who wears shorts. Um, so, like, he's always, he's, you know, it's always hot boy <laughs> summer for him. Um, but, like, we need to do something with this in the backyard of Roberta's. When we when we get back to, like, live studio, like, in-studio uh, parties, this would be fucking awesome for, I mean, because, like, let's face it, Roberta's parties are basically, like, the 30 to 40 year old still kind of college <laughs> age parties. Right. <laughs> sure. Grad students. Yeah. Anyway, that's all. That's all, the only thought I had. I was just like, <laughs> this would be fucking fun as hell at like a Roberta's party. Like, yeah. No, totally. This is, this is like a total like backyard party. Yeah. Like, totally. Know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what we say. We're not like, we have, you know, consumers, a lot of our customers that buy this online, they're 21 years old. A lot of them, are 70 years old. And it doesn't matter what your age is, you're going to enjoy this because it's for the young in spirit. Nice. <laughs> Spirits for the young in spirit. Yeah, speaking of that exactly. Speaking of that older demographic, are you getting are you seeing any of your is your data uh, compilation showing that that mix is coming from people who are like maybe expats from the DR living living here in America and they're like, "Oh my god, I can get mamawana." Yeah, I I thought that would be the biggest group. Um, but we actually it's actually not that was my initial thought but what's crazy is that i started looking at all these people that are buying it online and 
they are a empty nester couple from Illinois. Uh, you know, a uh, 40-year-old woman from Texas, 30-year-old guy from California. And there, it's like people from all over the United States and not necessarily Latino. And, and that's, that's what's cool about this is that, yeah, obviously the Dominicans and Dominican expats that are in the States, they're like, holy shit, there's Mama here. <laughs> they start texting, you know, all their family in WhatsApp, like, hey, like you can get this a total wine on Costco. This is great. But it's actually more of a, a drink for anybody in the States that enjoys the Caribbean, enjoys vacation, enjoys the sun. That's, that's who our customer is. And again, it can be 25-year-old group of girls that are on spring break. Or it can be a retired couple that just got back from a cruise. Uh, and it's very transversal. That's why I always like to say, you know, rather than like a specific demographic, we target a personality aspect. And it's for the people that have a young and youthful personality. That's, that's our customer. That's so cool, man. And remember, a uh, retired couple from Illinois that just got back from the cruise, Candele Mama, Mama Juana can neither confirm nor deny the rumors about their spirit. <laughs> yeah, so if you get an empty nest, it won't be empty for very long. Um, so, um, but um, as you said earlier, um, you said a nice, nice way to like uh, humble plug, you know, <laughs> that it's available at, at uh, Total Wine and Bedmo. Um, where does it sit on the shelf? So it is slightly lower proof. Um, is, yes. it, is it with the rums or is it with the like liqueurs? Oh man, that's a great question, and it's been it's been a total headache for me because half the stores they put us in the rums next to the Dominican rums, you know, next to the Barcelo and Brugals, which is a great place. Um, but the other half they put us in the cordials, which is also good. But honestly, if you ask me where it should be placed on the shelf, I I, I would tell you put it next to the Dominican rums. Gotcha. That's where people want to see it. Uh, you know, you, you you look at your Brugal, your 1888, your Barcelo Imperial. Like, that's that's where Candela should be. Nice. Well, I love it, man. Uh, like like I said, you know, I've been a, a fan of Mama Juana. You know, just like the, even the uh, the kind of seemingly like illegally smuggled in <laughs> sample that I got, you know, back, back like over a decade ago. Uh, I thought it was just a right. cool thing. And you know, and, you know, I, I think another like consumer base for this is like people who really love like tropical drinks and tiki drinks. And, like I said, you know, one of my favorite cocktails, uh, tiki drinks, if you will, is uh, I think it's Don the Beachcomber. Somebody can probably prove me right or wrong with that. But it's just called the Caribbean Rum Punch, which sounds very vague. It could be anything, but <laughs> it has all kinds of wild shit in it. You know, it's like it's uh, it's got absinthe and a couple of different rums, but but it has sarsaparilla in it. And, you know, kind of taking a full circle, like this to me is the perfect thing to put in that cocktail and and many others, you know, and not just tropical drinks to me. I, you know, I'm thinking about like, honestly, you know, some of the the first mint juleps were brandy and rum and a mint julep with, with like split base with this and brandy. I mean, come on, it's going to crush, you know, not pun intended. That was (laughs) a, It's a great point. And you know what? Yeah, we, we make great uh, tiki cocktails. The, the Mama Thai is a big seller at one of the, the, the bars here in, in, in Miami. But we started seeing bartenders play with this. And what was really surprising is that initially I said, yeah, it'll be great for cocktail, uh, you know, tropical drinks. But then they started making old-fashioned with it. Sure. Uh, we actually call it the sugar daddy. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's great. It's great for an old-fashioned. And then we started seeing, I mean, you know, wouldn't the it, Wouldn't it be the sugar mama? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, that, 
Hey, I like that. We, we, we got to make a variation. <laughs> and uh, we got the, the sidecar. And, well, we, we call it the side chick, uh, which is a sidecar <laughs> made with candela. And you, you, you see that when you use candela in all these cocktails, um, the mule, the mule's great. That, that's one of my favorites, actually. A, a mule that you make with candela. We call it the mulata. Uh, beautiful, beautiful cocktail. And it's just very easy to drink. And to be honest, what I do at home, I, I just pour it on the rocks. That's, that's how I like to drink it. It's just very easy to drink. Yeah. Well, it's awesome stuff. Great job. Um, and congratulations. Uh, it's beautiful packaging. I'm a sucker for packaging coming from a design background. So like Thank caught you. my eye immediately um, when I uh, received it yesterday. And yeah, man, tell, tell, the, tell the world where they can find you uh, online. Thank you. Well, I appreciate all, all the kind words. Uh, so if you want to try this Mama Juana, very easy. You just go to drinkcandela.com. That's drinkcandela. And you'll be able to order it online. You can find uh, the, your closest stores in Florida. We're in Total Wine and Big Daddy's, California as well. We're in, in the Total Wines there. In New York, we're in Costco. And we're very quickly expanding all over the place. So yeah, check us out at drinkcandela.com. Nice. Oh yeah, man. Plus you've got a I'm looking at it right now. You've got a pretty shiny looking uh Instagram uh which is drink.candela, C A N D E L A uh for your Instagram and get some great photos on there and probably more information for people to read, you know, cuz I do notice uh, not to pick pick at you, but I noticed that uh you know the bottle it doesn't have a lot of information, you know. Uh, I think you should maybe add a necker or get a little bit more information on the bottle so that when people are looking at those Dominican rums and they see it on the shelf, they pick it up and get a little info that entice them to pick up the bottle. So you know, and there's something to be said for mystery. I like mystery as well. But, you know, the American consumer is a, a shy animal, easily spooked. Yeah, no. You're totally right. So wait till you see what we're working on. Uh, Kendall's getting a nice facelift. <laughs> you guys will love it. It's it's very, very sexy. All about the lift. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> All about the glow up. Yeah, we're, we're lifting that stick. <laughs> lifting spirits, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Among other things. It's a lifting spirit. Um, it's a lifting spirit. <laughs> well, it's been really uh, a lot of fun, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for sending us the samples. Thanks for uh, being here today. And dude, I, I, again, like I think we should we should throw a, a backyard party at Roberta's one of these days when we're fully up and running at uh, Heritage Radio Network. And, yeah, and just a, this long with seltzer and a slice of Roberta's pizza. It's like root beer and pizza. Oh, dude, let's get seriously. it on. You, you can't go wrong with yeah. that. And 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 seriously, any party any any backyard thing you guys want to do you can count on us because if it's about enjoying some good pizza and drinks together we're there <laughs> you can count on it it won't be in a pool so you know you'll have to be discreet about your lower half but it, it'll be fine <laughs> it's 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 brooklyn baby um hey that's what the bar's for <laughs> that's, that's right that's right well awesome check out candela uh at trycandela.com and on instagram at try.candela uh drink yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been great. So thanks so much again, uh, Alejandro, for being here today. What a cool product you got going here. It's uh, it's in heavy rotation in my home bar for sure. And hopefully soon my my actual bar. Um, Fellas, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So that's it for the speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. Till next week. Salud. Cheers, everybody. Thanks, Salud. Alejandro.
Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock. The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. World Central Kitchen is serving thousands of fresh meals to Ukrainian families fleeing home, as well as people remaining in the country. This week on Let's Talk About Food, host Louisa Kasdan spoke with Henry Patterson about his upcoming relief trip. So you're going to Poland, and I think you told me you're going to be there for at least two weeks. I'm going to Poland to help feed Ukrainian refugees. With Jose Andreas's World Central Kitchen, I decided that's what I wanted to do for my 70th birthday. I leave in just a few days. We all see that what the Russians are doing is contemptible. As a food person, we all love to help. It's in our DNA. And here are people who really need our help. So if you want to help the Ukrainian refugees, either with money or even your hands and heart, find hashtag Chefs for Ukraine and World Central Kitchen. We have to do something. We can help. Remember, hashtag Chefs for Ukraine. I want to tell you about HRN's business membership drive. Now, we all know that small businesses keep our communities vibrant. So for $500, HRN will shine a light on your work and will help you sustain our mission to expand the way people think about food and drink. This fundraiser will support not just my show, this show, but the amazing HRN community of food podcasts. And as a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, your business will receive on-air mentions, social media posts, listings on our website, and more. So go to heritageradionetwork.org slash biz, that's B-I-Z, to become a business member today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash B-I-Z. Thanks. <laughs>